Amen. All right. Good morning, everybody. Oh, I'm so glad there are people in the room right now. You know, like, these are the things that pastors actually have nightmares about. Like, we have dreams of, like, getting up to preach, and it's like an empty room. There's, like, nobody. It's Boxing Day, and look at you. You're here. And I'm just confident that there's a whole bunch of people online as well celebrating uh, Jesus and celebrating, I, I was going to say Christmas, but no, you know what? Christmas is over now. So, um, And for those still celebrating today, for those who are sleeping off a turkey coma at home, uh, my hope is that they will have a chance to listen to my message later on this week. Uh, today's message is called The Day After Christmas the day after Christmas, which I'm sure you would agree, that's like the most creative title. I was trying to come up with a title for my message, and I was like, what should I call this message? And then the day after Christmas came to mind, and I was just like, brilliant, that was the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah. Now, really, there, there's no significance to that title except that today, Pastor Tyler already mentioned it, I'll say it again, it's the day after Christmas. Um, but what I want you to know, and, and I truthfully didn't really think about this a whole bunch until I began preparing this message, but uh, there is a lot happening on the day after Christmas. I know from experience, and I think you're going to hear as I continue to move on with my message, that there's a lot that happens on this day. Uh, December 26th, it's, it's not just any other day, but universally, did you know, it's become known as the beginning of lazy days and the letdown season. That's kind of the December 26th, the beginning of lazy days and the letdown season. So yesterday in my house, uh, we gathered around the tree. Uh, the kids were in their new pajamas. They have so many pajamas because every year my mother-in-law gets them new Christmas pajamas. And so music was playing. We were laughing. We were enjoying one another. Uh, maybe it's the same in your house, but Christmas brunch was in the oven. And as soon as we were done unwrapping presents, uh, we ate together. We enjoyed coffee. We sat around in the living room for a little bit. Uh, and then the in-laws went home, um, Chantel went for a nap, the kids began playing with their new toys, they got a Nintendo Switch. Uh, I don't know if anybody would be playing Nintendo Switch for Christmas, but they were in the basement and they were taken up with that. The babies were sleeping and I just kind of fell into the couch and was like, oh, it's over. It feels like the beginning of the end after that Christmas morning. There are a lot of emotions, uh, and I mean, we had Christmas last night as well, but there are a lot of emotions the day after Christmas. My oldest daughter, Abria, actually woke me up in the middle of the night last night, tearful next to the bed, and said, I can't believe Christmas is over. And I said, Abria, go back to bed. <laughs> so, <laughs> but... In a matter of a few short hours, in a matter of a day, you find yourself surrounded by torn wrapping paper. All of ours is still in bags by the front door. Uh, you know, open presents, half-eaten boxes of chocolates. Like, there's just no discipline whatsoever. Our kids just, like, scrounge chocolates off the counter, like, all afternoon. And as much as I sort of crash, I also feel this sense of pressure on Christmas afternoon because... Like, we'd literally just cleaned the house. The house was spotless before the in-laws came over. And then I, I fall into the couch, and I feel this overwhelming sense of pressure that I need to clean my house again. 
Um, and I need to get rid of some of my kids' toys because now they have all these new toys. And, you know, I need to put away my socks. Chantelle said it. She goes, you have way too many socks. I'm like, why did everybody buy me socks again for Christmas? But... Um, <laughs> But this, with this sense of pressure of getting organized and getting cleaned up again, I don't know if I can be happy until it's all put away. Maybe some of you are a little bit like me that way as well. But uh, to take this even further, another experience that we have on the day after Christmas is deciding what to do with all the gifts that we've received. Um, now, I'm, I'm actually a really hard person to buy for. My wife will tell you that because I'm very particular. I want to make sure that I'll use that gift. I want to make sure that gift is right for me. And so that's an area, usually on Boxing Day, where I find myself a bit scattered and a bit unsure. Like, do I need to go to the store and return things? Do I want to go and get something else? And that today is more to the point of my message on this day after Christmas. So the message of Christmas is all about God's gift. I'm going to talk a lot about gifts today. It's about God's gift to us. Christmas is about the gift of Jesus coming at Christmas, but the Bible says so much more about gifts. It talks about the gift of the Holy Spirit. It talks about spiritual gifts. It talks about the gift of relationship with one another. And so Christmas has happened. It's over. But on this day after Christmas, we ask the question, what do I do with everything that God has furnished my life with? Um, so we're going to continue to have some fun this morning. I just I wanted today to be fun. I'm going to share stories. We're going to laugh together, uh, but we're going to land in a good place, hopefully feeling motivated to use everything that God has given to us. And so uh, I'm going to pray as well. We do a lot of prayer at church, don't we? So God, open up our hearts and minds to receive and to respond to you this morning in Jesus' name. God, I pray for just a revelation for each and every person in this room of what you have given. God, you have invested our lives so full of gifts. God, there is torn wrapping paper everywhere with the amount that you have given. And so, Lord, help us to utilize all of your good gifts in Jesus' name. Everybody said a wholehearted. Come on now. All right. Okay, so I spent some time studying gifts this week. This is an enormous subject, and what I want to say first of all about that is that God is generous. I want you to understand that God is generous. He's like the guy at Christmas that buys you way more than you can possibly need. You're like, oh my goodness, God, isn't it enough? No, there's more. Unbelievable how generous God is. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 says that by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Isn't that a good verse? It's awesome. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. God's best gift, Jesus, is what we unwrapped yesterday on Christmas. Romans 6.23, the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. God is generous. God is a giver. God is amazing. Some people would argue that and say, I don't know if God is actually that good and that generous. Isn't God selfish? God just wants us to worship him all the time. But what those people in life don't understand is that we experience an overflow of God's gift, an overflow of his goodness as we worship him and as we enjoy the good gifts that he has given. Now, there's a word that comes up when studying gifts in the Bible, uh, and it's the word grace. 
If you hear enough of my message, you're going to realize that I just have this obsession with grace. I love grace, the gospel of grace. If we're going to talk about gifts, we're going to talk about grace. Now, the word for grace in the Bible, does anybody know what it is? It's the word charis. I know somebody probably would, charis. Uh, And charis refers to goodwill, kindness, favor, mercy. It is used over 140 times in the New Testament, and this is one of the foremost theological concepts of Christianity, God's amazing grace. Isn't there a hymn about that? Yeah. Now, the definition I placed on the screen says this. It says, grace is divine influence which operates in humans to regenerate and to sanctify and to inspire virtuous impulses and to impart strength to endure trial and resist temptation and as an individual virtue or of, of excellence or individual virtue or excellence of divine origin. There we go. Uh, Pastor Greg's definition of grace, he says it often, grace is divine influence upon the human heart and its reflection in life. God gives you his grace, and that has an overflow, that has an effect into everything else. John chapter 1, verse 16, this one's not on the screen, but it says, from his abundance we have received one gracious blessing after another. Uh, There's another song we've sang before at TFH, it's called Grace on Uh-oh, okay. Nope, we're back. <laughs> sound, man, sound man's raising his arms. I don't know what just happened. That's okay. Everybody's awake. Grace on grace on grace on grace, church, is what you have received um, because of what Jesus did in coming at Christmas time because of what he ultimately did uh, through his death and resurrection. Uh, Now, we're going to continue talking about gifts here. There are several categories of gifts that are talked about in the Bible. Um, First of all, in Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2, there's this list of gifts that were placed upon Jesus. Uh, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2, it says, The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Those are good gifts. Wisdom has to do with, uh, it has to do with intellect and will. It's not only knowing what to do, uh, but it's how to apply knowledge correctly. Jesus was filled with wisdom. Understanding, it's the ability to relate different things in a meaningful and helpful way. Uh, Counsel, it's a good gift. It has to do with judging correctly when faced with difficult decisions. Uh, Might, if you look up synonyms for might, strength, courage, capacity to endure hard things. Uh, Knowledge, you know, we need to know God's word, to know his heart, to know his perspective, and the fear of the Lord. People think that means being terrified of God. It doesn't. The fear of the Lord makes us aware of God's glory and majesty. It is wonder and awe and awareness of the Lord. All of these things, church, Isaiah 11, verse 2, wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, and the fear of the Lord. These were things that were placed upon Jesus. And what is amazing is that these are gifts that are given to you as well. You can pray this verse. You can pray scripture. Uh, God, I just pray that, you know, we would receive a spirit of wisdom and understanding and counsel and might and knowledge and a fear of the Lord. And you will be well furnished for every good work with those gifts. 
It's always a reminder when you're reading about Jesus that, that you are in Christ. That's what the Bible says. You are in Christ. These gifts are for you as well. Now, I want you to notice how these gifts came to Jesus. It says they came to him through the Holy Spirit, spirit of wisdom, spirit of knowledge, spirit of counsel, spirit of might, spirit of fear of the Lord. This is how gifts come to you. Another passage we could talk about is uh, Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. Now, those verses talk about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, Those aren't typically defined as spiritual gifts, but I wanted to mention them in this message today. Uh, did you know that one of the names, one of the names of the Holy Spirit is the gift? It's actually what the Holy Spirit is called, the gift. Jesus said, I am sending you a gift. And when you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, you naturally, beautifully, powerfully begin to exemplify the character of Jesus Christ. I love the way the Passion defines each of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It's going to come up on the screen for you. It says, The fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Anybody like, ha come on, I want to receive every one of those things. That's good stuff. This brings us right back to yesterday morning, Christmas morning. We are frantically opening presents. Anybody remember? Was that your house or was that just my kids? Um, we're, we're taking a look at our gifts. We talked about gifts given to Jesus, wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, fear of the Lord. And then more gifts show up at the door. It's a fruit basket. Hallelujah. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. There's wrapping paper everywhere. Somebody grab the vacuum. We don't know where to start. God, you are way too generous. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Gifts of the Holy Spirit given to Jesus, fruits of the Holy Spirit that help us live like Jesus. The Bible also has a lot to say about miraculous gifts, or sometimes they're called providential gifts. Um, But before we look at those, I'm I'm building a case here. I want you to receive it. I want to to remind you what I said earlier. Gifts come to us by grace. Remember that. Gifts come to us by grace. The definition I read— Grace is divine influence which operates in humans to regenerate and to sanctify and to inspire virtue and to impart strength to endure trial and to resist temptation. The word for grace is, anybody remember? Charis. Charis. Now check this out. I want to show you this. This is so cool. Do you know what gifts are called in the Bible? They're called charisms. Charisms. Grace is charis. Gifts are charisms. That sounds a lot the same, doesn't it? Charisms are defined as supernatural graces. I love the way that definition goes. Supernatural graces which Christians need to fulfill the mission of the church. They are extraordinary graces given to Christians for the good of others. Anybody as excited about the theology as I am? I get a little bit of a rush. I get some adrenaline when I'm like, oh, the Bible is cool. That's amazing. Um, All that you are, church, every good thing about you, your award-winning personality, your ability to love your spouse and your kids, your ability to be kind, compassionate, gentle, strong, faithful, courageous, and so much more, it comes because God has graced you. 
God has graced you with his Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, that changes my perspective on how awesome I am, and it turns my, turns my attention to how awesome God is, and it should for you as well. Grace is not like one present that we unwrap under the tree. The revelation God gave me this week is grace is like the entire spirit behind Christmas. Every gift is a grace gift. Every gift is a grace gift because of the grace lavished upon you through Jesus Christ. Grace is the generous, free, unexpected, undeserved favor of God with which every other gift is opened and received. Can I get an amen? That is good. Come on. Now, I'm preaching myself happy. But uh, how do all of those charisms, how do all of those gifts come to followers of Jesus? That brings us to a day called Pentecost. Let's talk about Pentecost. Uh, It was after Jesus' resurrection. Jesus was with his disciples, and he promised to send them a gift. Pentecost is, in many ways, reminiscent of Christmas because the gift of God's Spirit was given to the church, and subsequently, a large variety, many other fun, exciting, new, powerful gifts came with the coming of the Holy Spirit. Paul is reflecting on what Jesus said in the book of Acts. He says, Jesus told his disciples, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for, there it is, the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. And so, long story short, this is a great story in Acts chapter 2. The disciples were gathered in a room, and suddenly a mighty wind filled the house. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, You know, Acts chapter 2 is widely considered to be the birth of the church. All these people received supernatural gifts. They spoke in languages that they had never learned, which we know to be the gift of tongues. But more than that, throughout the book of Acts, a variety of other gifts are opened, or not through Acts, through the rest of the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about uh, the word of knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment of spirits, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. We are just skipping a stone right now. Romans chapter 12 mentions serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, ruling, which another word for that would be leadership, and showing mercy. And then Ephesians chapter 4, this is where all the ministry leaders like to camp out. It's talking about specific gifts given to those called to church leadership or ministry leadership. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Uh, So the word of knowledge, what is that? It's the ability to hear the Holy Spirit and to give a timely word to someone, to give good advice. Faith is a supernatural ability to believe what God says is true. Some people wrestle in life and they say, I don't know if I can know that what God says is true. Some people just have like this innate, you know, gift to believe God. Gifts of healing and miracles. Church, this is why your pastors pray every single morning between 9 and 10 and we just declare healing over the body. We declare healing over people who are sick and, uh, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically. Um, We can believe to see people healed and set free. Prophecy, supernatural inspiration, interpretation of dreams, revelation of God's will. Prophecy is often encouragement, exhortation, edification, uh, discernment of spirits. What is that? It's like an intuition. Some of you have this God-given intuition to know whether something is good or something is wrong behind a person or behind a situation. God gives us sharp discernment. Uh, The ability to speak in spiritual languages is a gift. 
And so is the ability to take that message and to interpret it in a way that is helpful and meaningful for everybody. Uh, Serving is a gift. It means you're not self-absorbed. It means you give. It means you pour out. You help other people. Giving is a gift. Some of you are anointed to create wealth and to finance missions and ministries and finance the kingdom of God. Being merciful toward others is a gift. Some people have such a heart for those who are hurting. Not everybody has that. And then Ephesians chapter 4, did you know that church leadership is God's gift to you? As much as leaders in ministry are gifted, they are God's gift to the people. They're gifted, but they're God's gift to the church so that you can grow and mature in your relationship with Jesus. And so all of these gifts have been opened. There are so many of them. I mean, you're probably not going to remember all of them that I just mentioned today. God is generous. He's given us everything that we need. And so the question on the day after Christmas is, what are we supposed to do with everything that God has given to us. And that's what I want to focus on for the remainder of my message. I'm going to give you four points, and I want you to remember these points because they're going to help you. My first one is be thankful for your gifts. Be thankful for your gifts. Uh, Now, there's this great irony that happens on the day after Christmas, and that's that most people rush out to the mall and to a host of other stores to buy more stuff. That's what they do. Uh, Now, that's not all bad. I'm actually not here to condemn people. Maybe some people are out shopping right now, and they're going to say, I'm going to catch Pastor Peter's message later. That's okay. Um, But I've done that. There was one year where I was so afraid not to get my new iPad. I showed up at the store. I was up at like 5 a.m., and I went to the mall, and I lined up, and I rushed in just to make sure that I could get what I wanted. But we need to ask ourselves on the day after Christmas, is what I've been given enough? Is what I've been given enough? Why is it when I'm at my favorite store, do I feel this incessant need to try on more clothes? I don't know if that's you. As soon as I walk into a class, <laughs> just like looking at shirts. Um, but I, I don't need more clothes. But there I am in the change room. This kind of looks good on me. I kind of like this one. A couple months ago, Chantel and I were cleaning our closet, and Chantel is ruthless. She's unbelievable. She's just like giving away everything we've got. And I'm like, we're going to use that again. Don't give that away. But me, on the other hand, I don't really give away my stuff. I kind of just migrate my stuff to another drawer, and then I I make myself feel better, you know? Um, But what I discovered is that I have like 25 T-shirts It's crazy, and I only wear about maybe eight of them, and yet somehow I just don't want to give away my shirts, but there I am at Old Navy, and it's 50% off everything in the store. I can't help but buy more shirts. Lord, forgive me. I need to be thankful for my gifts. Surrounded by torn wrapping paper, my response shouldn't be, I need more. What I have isn't enough, but instead it should be to say, thank you. I am satisfied. I am happy. Now, I hope you're catching. I'm not talking about shirts. I'm actually not talking about stuff. I'm talking about everything that God has invested into your life. Salvation, the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You have been so furnished. You have been so filled. Hallelujah. Uh, John the Baptist was someone in the Bible who kind of had a day after Christmas moment. 
Um, John had expectations of Jesus. Sometimes we have expectations of Jesus. He saw Jesus as more of a fire and brimstone kind of guy. And then Jesus came as a servant. He was kind and compassionate, and he didn't come as a conquering king. Matthew 11, it says, John the Baptist heard about all the things Messiah was doing, so he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? Should we return? Can we exchange? Jesus told them, Go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, the good news is being preached to the poor. I love that Jesus doesn't even answer the question. It's actually kind of funny. Jesus does this often. Um, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting? Should we keep looking? Jesus says, look at the grace gifts that have been given to people. Blind eyes are opened. The lame are walking. The deaf are hearing. The dead have been raised. Good news is being preached. Church, are you picking up what I'm putting down this morning? When you thoughtfully consider all the gifts that God has given to you, all the material things you have, let's just expand this message, all the abilities that God has given to you, your skills, your talents, your finances, the people he's placed in your life, your friends, your neighbors, leaders, mentors, so much more. Is your response to live in this condition of something must be missing? Something must be missing, I need more? Or is the response of your heart to say, thank you? And on the day after Christmas, to live in that thank you, to live in that satisfaction, to say, all of these gifts are mine because of God's extraordinary, wonderful, amazing grace. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've given to me. Point number one, be thankful for your gifts. Number two, use and develop your gifts. Use and develop your gifts. Have you ever received something on Christmas that you weren't sure what to do with? It's kind of that awkward moment where your spouse gives you a gift and you're just kind of like, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) This is awesome. She's like, I can read you. (laughs) I know you're not happy. Um, Maybe it was like a sweater that was too nice to wear every day and it's too fancy to wear to work. You're not really going to wear it around the house. You tend to wear what you're comfortable in on special occasions. At least guys do that. Um, But inevitably, that awesome, expensive sweater, it just stays in your closet. Or uh, here's one that I'm guilty of. Have you ever been given a gift that you just don't know how to use? Somebody bought you a new computer. Somebody bought you a new tablet. Somebody bought you a subscription for your TV. We got Apple TV last year, and it just sat in the box for like eight months because none of us, we just didn't want to set it up. We were clueless. And you're like, there's an instruction manual. That's intimidating. Sometimes gifts are not used fully because we're timid and we're unsure, or maybe we just don't want to put in the effort to learn that gift, to grow in that gift. Um, What came to mind with this point, use and develop your gifts, is uh, young Timothy. Timothy was someone like that. He was young, he was unsure of himself, and yet God wanted to use him. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul is urging this young guy, and he says, do not neglect your gift which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 1, fan into flame the gift of God which is in you 
through the laying on of hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. You got to love Timothy's mentor, Paul. Paul got this. He used his gifts, so much so that he says, my life is being poured out like an offering. It's like I'm a cloth that's being wrung out, used to, to the fullest ability of what the Holy Spirit has done inside of me. Paul said things like, fight the good fight, press on toward the goal, finish the race, learn, grow, give it everything you've got. And I get a little bit of a rush when I read scriptures like that because I want to get to eternity one day and I want Jesus to say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. You used everything that I placed in your life, all of it, the people, the powerful supernatural gifts, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, nothing wasted. You used everything. One of the greatest examples, I sent her a text this week and said, can I celebrate you uh, on Sunday? Um, one of the greatest examples of that is Lorraine Demers uh, in our church. This woman is unbelievable. She's a go-getter. She's full of virtue. There's, there's wisdom in every conversation. She's a good listener. She's understanding. She's courageous and lives in wonder and awe of God. Um, Lorraine's a teacher. She's a mentor. I can't even uh, count the number of times Lorraine has sat me down and says, Peter, I'm just going to coach you for a minute. And I go, Okay. <laughs> Here we go. She's full of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. She's loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, self-controlled, even when she doesn't feel like it. You know, all those fruits that God has given you, sometimes you're like, yeah, I'll be those things when I feel like being those things. No, like she's consistently those things, even when she doesn't feel like it. Uh, Lorraine accesses the grace the Holy Spirit has given to her, and she just serves. She's called you, many of you, and been like, where do you want to serve? Uh, her husband, Doug, as well. These are two of the most generous people I know. Church, you don't even know the half of what they've given to this church. It's amazing. And what's amazing to me is that they do it joyfully. Uh, another story for you. I remember when um, my, my mom and sometimes my grandparents would buy my brothers and I gifts, and they would dress us all up in matching Christmas sweaters. <sighs> I just felt this wave of like anxiety, you know, as soon as I said that. And so my brothers and I would go to church with these <laughs> matching sweaters or shirts, and we'd be like itching ourselves, and we'd be like pulling our, you know, and this is so dorky. And to be honest, we just made ourselves look even worse with these gifts that had been given to us, you know, our matching outfits that mom liked to put us in. And I want to encourage you today on this day after Christmas, don't be like that. Don't be like that with what God has given to you. Use your gifts. Develop your gifts. You might say, well, I'm not really a people person. I'm shy. I don't know where to start. That is every single one of us. Come on now. You become a people person by spending time with people. You learn to pray by praying. You learn to sing by singing. You learn to play guitar by getting calluses on your fingers. You learn to be hospitable by making meals for people and having them in your home. You learn to counsel others by listening to them and sharing from your own experiences. You activate a gift of healing by offering to pray for people. Whenever somebody's sick, can I pray for you? Hey, can I pray for you? Can I just place my hand on your shoulder and pray for you? You grow in patience and you become a good and self-controlled person by leaning into challenging moments in your life and saying, Holy Spirit, would you just mature 
uh, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in my life through this situation that I'm going through right now. At this very moment, I can think of a gift that I received two years ago. It's in the cupboard at home. I haven't even opened it. You got to hold me accountable to use that gift. But uh, I can also think of gifts that I've received that are so well-worn. What came to mind was uh, my running shoes. My uh, wife got them for me. I, th- I don't even know if we were married. We were, it was either in our first year of marriage, and we've been married 11 years this summer. And I kid you not, I have ran thousands of kilometers in those shoes. Like literally, I added it up. It's crazy. They have holes in them. There's no tread left on them. They are well used. Why do I mention my running shoes? Because I say, let that be a picture of what God wants to do with your life and with every gift that he's given to you. Number three, and what was number one? Be thankful for the gifts you've received. Number two was use and develop your gifts. Number three, don't worry about the gifts that are not yours. Don't worry about the gifts that are not yours. Use your gifts. Develop your gifts. Paul says, desire greater gifts. That's what he says. But I wanted to clarify that not every gift is right for you. Not every one is right for you. If somebody were to come up to me and say, Peter, you're such an evangelist. An evangelist is someone who is especially gifted at telling non-Christian people about Jesus. It's one of the ministry gifts in Ephesians 4. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. My response, because I've done ministry for a while now, is evangelism is actually not really my first gift. I am naturally more of a teacher. I'm naturally more of a preacher, a pastor. I can evangelize lost people. Every one of us can. But I wouldn't say that's my main gift. That's not my main anointing. Um, A few years ago, a family member, my mom, (laughs) she bought me, I don't know if mom's watching. I love you, mom. Merry Christmas. But uh, she bought me some long underwear. This is a great story. Like skin-tight, long johns, multicolored, probably like 50 colors, I would have looked like Santa's elves wearing these things. It was incredible. And she thought they were the best. She was laughing when I opened that gift. She said, these are hilarious. Go put them on. Try them on for us. These are awesome. And can I be honest with you? I gave them away in another gift exchange. (laughs) I'm so sorry, Mom. (laughs) But somebody was so happy to receive them. I found this other guy that he wears them all the time under his winter clothes. He loves them. The Apostle Paul says in the book of Romans, we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. 1 Corinthians 12, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Some of you, some of you are skin-tight, multicolored, long-john people, and I'm not judging you for that. It's just who you are, but it's not who I am. <laughs> And never mind, never mind spiritual gifts, aren't we just different? Can you just agree that we're just different? Some of you are more Pentecostal and expressive and enthusiast. Some of you are more traditional. Some of you are more intellectual. Others of you are more emotional. I cry like once every 10 years. It's just who I am. 
Some of you like to work with your hands. Others of you have master's degrees and doctorates and you work in an office. We're different. We're gifted differently. There's a balance here. Don't avoid the gifts that you have, but don't try to activate a gift that you admire, but it's not yours. We all have different gifts. And that leads me to my last point. Share your gifts with others. Share your gifts with others. If someone gives me a box of cookies, it gives me great joy to open up that tin and to share those cookies. Not all the time. (laughs) Other times, I take those cookies to my office and I eat the whole tin by myself. Because I can't bring them home to my children every time, right? But the Bible says that gifts are given individually, but for the common good of everybody. Your gift is actually not just your gift. Share your gift. Paul, again, I'm referencing Paul a lot. He says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. And then the Apostle Peter says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. There it is again in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to call the band to come on up again. We're going to close I I love how that last verse finishes. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Why is it so important to be thankful for your gifts, to use your gifts, to not concern yourselves with other people's gifts, and to share your gifts? Why is that so important? It's because God receives glory when you do that, when you use your gifts. It brings A gift giver, no greater joy than to see the person they bought the gift for using the gift. I love it. I love seeing my kids play with the gifts that I've purchased for them yesterday and they've unwrapped. I love, I kind of like that we did this song, Jaira. Lord, my provider, the God who provision, fullness has been given to us. You have been fully equipped And so my encouragement for you on this day after Christmas is don't sit around eating chocolate all year, uh, admiring your unwrapped presents. Don't do that. But use your gifts. You are a gift to the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit in you is a gift to your family, to your neighbors. You have talents that I don't have. You have skills and abilities. You're awesome. God has filled you with his Holy Spirit. And so I'll ask you, is there a particular gift that you're not using? It's just been sitting in the closet. It's been sitting on the shelf. You have wisdom and understanding. Share it with others. You have strength and courage to come alongside somebody who's weak and afraid. Come alongside that person. If you have faith and you live in wonder of God, befriend someone who is lost in life. I'm thinking right now about Candy Bradburn. I don't know if she's watching. But Candy has said to me a few times, I have so much faith, and whenever I come up to somebody who's challenged, I said, here, have some of mine. Have some of my faith. And I love Candy for that, if you're watching Candy. 
If you love to pray, begin offering prayer to everybody you know. If you have a passion for healing and miracles, you just begin declaring health and wholeness into bodies. You will be amazed at what God can do in and through you. If you have time, drop by the church and say, I don't care what it is. I'll vacuum, I'll scrub toilets, I'll, I'll scrape sidewalks, I'll whatever you need. You have more than enough. And if you have more than enough, start giving. Start pouring out your life. Be generous. Be open-handed. And overall, my prayer for you on this day after Christmas, don't be idle, but consider the grace that has been given to you. Access that grace. Pour out from that place of grace, and your life will give glory to God. Amen? Let's just stand. We're going to sing the chorus of this song a few times. And as we do, would you just be thankful? Thank you, God, that you are more than enough. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you've given. Consider yesterday and the turkey dinner and the presents and the gifts. Consider the gift of salvation, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And just say, thank you. Ah, thank you, Lord. Let's sing that together. Now. 
already loved. I'm already loved. I'm already chosen. I know who I am. And I know what you spoke. I'm already loved. More than I could imagine. Already loved, already chosen. I know who I am, and I know that you spoke. I'm already loved more than I, more than I could imagine, and that is enough. Well, that is. And I hope you go home and you have turkey leftovers. And those leftovers are a reminder of fullness. Those leftovers are a reminder of abundance and overflowing grace that is upon your life. You have everything that you need. And so don't let any inclination of ingratitude or I, I don't have enough enter your heart because Jesus is enough for you. Salvation is full. You have gifts of the Holy Spirit. Use them, develop them, serve. And as we enter 2022, pour out your life for your family, for your friends, for your church. Let God's grace just overflow in your life. God bless you. Thank you.